Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Life Beyond the Chariot. I am one of the hosts, Mickey Seba, a catechetical specialist here at the St. Philip Institute. And I'm Deanna Johnston, the director of Family Life. All right. And we are in Advent. Yes. And one of the things that we wanted to do this year um, is definitely do something for women. And because of everything that's been going on, you know, doing this online uh, virtual Advent program for women, and we are in well into um, our book, our book study, Searching for and Maintaining Peace. And today we are going to talk about part one. And there is so much wealth of information in there that it's a lot for me to process. And sometimes I don't even know which direction to go, but we're going to try to tackle that today. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be great. All right. We are definitely going to call upon <laughs> the Holy Spirit to guide our conversation. So, Deanna, would you lead us in prayer? Sure. Sure. I'm going to grab this. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And this is from Second Corinthians. Therefore, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and constraints for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Uh, Good and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of our faith. We thank you for the gift of Advent and the opportunity to um, open our hearts to you and to make room for your peace. Um, We ask that you uh, just bless our conversation, um, that you continue to walk with us this Advent season, and to help us to become more like you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and in the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, reading through this book, it, it seriously has changed so much of my perspective or something that I'm being very intentional about taking these um, words of wisdom and just really letting them seep in. And because I think, and we talked about this on our on our last episode, the whole idea of like, I, I am desperately desiring peace, like peace of soul. And my depth of understanding of, of what true peace peace is, I don't think I ever really got it. Um, I just thought that, okay, I'll experience peace when when things around me calm mm-hmm. down. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And so just diving into this, um, we're just kind of go back and forth about things that stood out to us um, and just see where it goes from there. But before we sort of get into that, I do want to preface it with, like at the very beginning, he talks about um, to acquire and maintain this peace that we have to be convinced of this one truth that all the good that we do comes from God and God alone. Like there is nothing that nothing good that we do <laughs> that is not um, orchestrated by the hands of God. And so to realize that apart from him, we can do nothing. Right. And I Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. And I think this goes back, too, to what we talked about in one of our first 
or the last podcast was the idea of control. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes like if I do something good, I'm like, you know, standing a little taller and I'm like, look what I did. And it, realizing that it's not me at all. Mm-hmm. It is Christ working through me. Exactly. And this idea of how can we allow God to act more freely in our life. Mm-hmm. And I think the first is to recognize that any good that we do, mm-hmm. it's always God working through. So not to pat exactly. ourselves on the back <laughs> too much. Right, right. And I, I, I can't remember if it's in the, the very beginning or really all throughout the section. He talks about, I mean, from the very beginning, apart from me, you can do nothing. And it's not, there are some things that you can't do without me. It's, there's nothing that you can do without God being part of it. Mm-hmm. And that includes like having this disposition for for peace or being open to God's peace. Um, all of that's going to come through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think um, I think it might be actually later in the book. So I'm sorry if I'm getting ahead of myself. But it does say the only thing that we can do by ourselves is sin. <laughs> the only thing that we could do without God is our own sin because he doesn't have a hand in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does have a hand in taking that and making good come out of it. But yes. I think that's a teaser for, for, part, our next, two. for part two. So right. tune in uh, for that next episode as well. But just realizing that, and maybe we can even just sit with, sit with this question with ourselves. Like, am I convinced that all the good that comes from me Mm. is really God. Am I convinced of that? Because mm. if we're not, if we think that we still have some control in that or that it is our own doing, then it's going to be really hard to main, to acquire the peace that right. that this book is talking about. So just to sit with that. Yeah. Um and I think too part of that is about humility and it's mentioned over and over and over again in this book. And uh, St. Therese of Lisieux even said that the best thing that God could have done for her was to show her her smallness mm. and her powerlessness. And, but I will tell you, that's a really scary place to be. Like to admit that I, I can't, even if every desire that I have is good um, and I want something good to happen, mm-hmm. that... Um, that I am still powerless over so many. Right. And here I, here I go again saying so many situations, <laughs> really all situations. All situations. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, I didn't realize how much I still try to take on myself. Right. Uh, and try to do without, you know, consulting right. the divine author of life uh, on what it is that I need to do next. Yeah. And it's almost like a, a, a countercultural thing. Because, I mean, I mean, you think about it. The, the world tells us that, I mean, we're strong women, and we are, we are strong women, um, but we live in a world that really emphasizes our independence, and we mm-hmm. have all of the strength, and that as moms and wives, we need to be able to do all of these different things. We should be doing all of these different things. We need to be doing them at a certain level of perfection, and then for moms that work or moms that stay at home, there's still there is a there is a drive to make sure like okay everything has to be perfect like I have to make sure that these children turn out to be decent human beings like we talked <laughs> about last episode um, and I I have to I have to make sure that all of this gets done I have to make sure that that these things you know happen but and it's not that 
God is asking us to just sit back and be like, okay, Lord, like you just take over. But, (laughs) but in a certain way, yes, that, that there is a, there is a letting go and saying, okay, God has entrusted this particular vocation to me and I need to have the humility to say, okay, well, I can't, I can't do this on my own. And all of anything that I do should be the fruit of my relationship with God. And that's what really caught my attention Mm -hmm. in this chapter is that how much of this is related to um, how much do I trust God, but what kind of a relationship do I have with him in the first place? Because if that relationship is non-existent, then why would I be surprised when there's anxiety? Why would Mm -hmm. I be surprised when there's a lack of, of peace in approaching a situation if my immediate disposition is not to to go to the Lord, but rather like, oh, I gotta I gotta complain to my husband or I gotta complain about this thing or the other thing. Um, but if my my default position is everything comes from God and the very fact that I'm breathing <laughs> is a gift from God, um, then I mean, yeah, like it, it, I mean, it, it's going to sound like very repetitive, but I mean, all of that comes from peace comes from God. <laughs> like, yeah. it's so simple, but but yet it's so difficult to, yeah. to actually live out. And I think the peace that we the peace that we desire and that looks different. And I know that we mentioned this in the preface, but that looks different than um, worldly peace. Yeah. And this is something that I'm still struggling with because it does mention in here um, a little bit later about that we are in. Um, you know, spiritual combat and that we will always be in mm-hmm. spiritual combat until mm-hmm. we die. And so for me, the whole idea of um, being at war, but being at peace <laughs> at the same time, mm-hmm. like I'm, I feel like I'm just beginning to wrap my brain around what that means. Mm-hmm. And because we live in a world where there is pain, where there is suffering, where there is hardship and we could all go through a list of all of those things um, that cause us those pain and anxiety and worries. Um, and so I'm just starting, I feel like I'm just starting to learn that those things do not mean that peace has to be absent. Mm-hmm. And I'm still learning how to do that. You know, how can I still have peace when you know, something tragic has happened? Yeah. Um, and that's. That's hard. That's hard. Yeah. And I think, again, another teaser for part two, I think in part two, there's a lot of practical, um, a lot of practical things that he says about, here are the things that make us lose our peace. Mm -hmm. And I could identify with like all of them. (laughs) Um, So definitely tune in next time. But, But really any reason that we have to lose our peace, and this is mentioned in part one. Any reason to lose our peace, he says, is a bad reason. <laughs> and my immediate reaction to that was like, but what about <laughs> right? What about this thing? That's a that's a really good thing to worry about, but there's no point. There's no point yeah. in worrying about it. Right. And knowing that God ultimately is in control. And that's the thing I think that I keep going back to mm-hmm. that that the God who is able to create something out of nothing. To create something beautiful out of nothing. The God who can part the sea. The God who can raise the dead. um, That this God can take everything, anything, and work it out for the good of those who love him. And we may not know. And I think that's the frustrating part is we may not know how he is working, mm-hmm. but just being confident that he is, he is he working. Is. Oof, yeah. 
and in resting mm. in that but I think not having the answer like okay how is this going to turn out how is he working mm. um for me that can be a cause of like yeah. distress like okay but I want to know how he's working yeah and I don't need to I don't need to know exactly. I just need to know he is Right. And be content with that. And just to repeat what you said, and I can't remember where it is in this section, but I remember it might be here that um, that the same God who said, let there be light is the same God that said, peace, I give you. And he he repeatedly said that (laughs) peace, I give you that the same God who said, let there be light that created that made us out of nothingness, like he wants us to have peace. Like that's a really big, it's a really big deal. Um, but just something to really take to prayer and, and what you just said, Mickey, like God is, he just is Mm -hmm. God is. And am I, am I content with that? Am I content with God being God and realizing that I am not, even though I have a really good five-year plan. (laughs) I'm really good at setting. At least you have a five-year plan. (laughs) For work, yeah. For for family life, we're just kind of winging it. But but yeah, just as great as my plans and my oh, and I love checklists. I I'm a big fan <laughs> of checklists and like having a very methodical approach to things. But I know God must just laugh when He sees some of these things that I that I bring to Him and just say like, oh, we'll just bless this, um, or the things that I wrestle with or things that I really struggle. Um, you asked some really good um, question, the the reflection questions, and and I think one of them was really, um, you know, am I, how can I more freely permit the grace of God to freely operate in my life? It's like, oh, but that's scary. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like if God really had free reign, it's like, well, that means I have to let go of this and this, and I have to mm-hmm. stop worrying about it. Um, but and, and in all of this, God loves us through it. Which is really beautiful. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think that is actually a big theme, the idea of detachment. Mm. Um, and that can be really difficult. And I'm trying to figure out exactly where it is in the book. But I don't remember. It's in part one, but it is in my notes. But it does talk about how um, that it's talking about goodwill mm. and that mm-hmm. it is a necessary condition for interior peace. And by goodwill, he also means purity of heart. Yeah. And that um, this this disposition, um, it is a stable. It is stable and constant. Um, and it is a person who is determined more than more than anything to love God, to prefer God's will in all circumstances, mm. um, and wishes to refuse God nothing. And with that comes detachment. Mm-hmm. That there are things. Um, that we have to detach from. And I didn't even realize how much affection I have for certain things. Mm. And by that, I mean, like, if I don't have that, then um, the waters of my soul are, like, agitated. I'm like, hold on. I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. And um, that's a big question. So what are those things that I need to detach from? Um, And here's a a very practical, like, advice that I would give people, like, write down on a list, you know, or even note cards, all of those things that are important to you, all of those things that mean so much to you, um, that are precious to you. And one by one, like maybe sit in front of a crucifix and take 
each card, maybe it has the name of each of your, of your children. Maybe it has the name of your spouse. Maybe it has the name of your parent or someone who you love who's fallen away from the church or your finances um, or your house, uh, whatever it is. And just one by one, like lay it at the foot of the cross. And if there is discomfort handing that to Jesus, mm. then that means there is an affection there. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically he says, we have to let go of all affection for these things. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that we don't, um, I'm not talking about like affection, like loving them, right. um, but having this draw to sort of have my hand. Control. In, yes. Yeah. In that. And um, and maybe that's an exercise that uh, that can help us really identify, okay, so have I really detached from mm-hmm. X, Y, Z? Right. Um, am I willing to give this over to God completely? Right. You know, again, it doesn't mean that I'm not doing what God has called me to do in that situation, right. but if he said, I want to take this from you, mm. Mm. can I give it? And can I give it without my peace being disturbed? Right. Knowing that if he's going to ask it of me, he's going to give me the strength that I need to to work through whatever yeah. consequence comes from that being withdrawn from yeah from my life yeah um, oh man that that is yeah <laughs> I'm feeling convicted over here but, <laughs> but seriously I mean I the thing that was coming to mind when you were saying that Mickey was you know the I mean the original sin was the was literally the fruit of not trusting God it was mm-hmm. wanting to take control and to grasp at things right so Eve doesn't trust that God has a plan but how often do I do that in my own life where I'm like, God, you can have control over all things except for this, this, this one little piece of the pie, um, or just being afraid that God, if I really allow God free reign, that it's going to cause pain or, and it may cause discomfort because we're called to take up our cross and follow Jesus. We're not, as Christians, we are not called to just sit back and be comfortable all the time. Um, we're called to to this life of sacrifice, um, but like taking up your cross, what does that mean? And what does that require you to let go of? What is it that I need to let go of in order for God to act? But it's like that, there's like an anxiety that comes with not not knowing, I'm basically just repeating what you just said, Mickey, but like as I'm processing all this, but like not knowing how God, I, I think so, so many of us, or I guess I should just speak for myself, I so often like approach prayer sometimes is like, God, I just want you to show me what the next five mm-hmm. steps are. I will trust you if you show me what the next five steps are. And God's like, I just, I just want you to trust me. <laughs> like I just, just enough to take the next step that God loves us so much that he's not going to lead us to where we don't need to go. But Satan isn't stupid. Right. He knows, he knows those points of, of weakness or those things that we love, that we hold on to, that mm-hmm. we grasp onto. Um, I mean, even our children that, that we yeah. would think that, you know, oh, they're, they're mine. Well, no, they're, they belong to the Lord. And mm-hmm. what does that, do I recognize that? Do I, do I believe that ministry? Am I willing to step back and say, okay, God, let go for it <laughs> and like have full reign over, over this department or, or whatnot, or this, or this women's group or, or whatever, um, am I willing to, to step back? But Satan, I mean, it's just like with Eve, like, can you trust God? 
can are you sure that God's mm-hmm. gonna gonna come through for? It? Of course he is, because he's God. Yeah. <laughs> but there is that that seed of doubt that gets that that, get, that gets planted, and when he talks about um like that spiritual battle and mm-hmm. that need for um for making room for peace, because when it's not there, we end up fighting the wrong battle. We end up doing the wrong thing completely, which I thought was like, oh, I can fight the wrong battle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a thing. Yeah, and I think, um, so I have a few things that I want to touch on with what you said, too. Um, the first about, like, the spiritual the spiritual combat, the spiritual battle, and I'm trying to find exactly um, where it is, but he does say something about, um, so let see if three. I can find it. Yes, section three. Um, he does say one of the greatest... One of the great secrets of spiritual combat is to avoid fighting the wrong battle, to know how to discern which is the real battlefield. The first goal of spiritual combat is not always to obtain victory over our own temptations Mm. and our own weakness. Rather, it is to learn to maintain peace of heart under all circumstances, even in the case of defeat. And I think that I have seen the battlefield differently. Like I need to fight against the devil. I need to fight against temptations. And even in that, and he does talk a lot about this in part two as well, (laughs) but even in that, even if we desire something good or we desire our own holiness, but um, we're hasty about it and it's not allowing God to work, that that, even that good intention or that movement that we want to make going forward, um, causes us peace and or causes us um, to lose our peace and the devil works in that Mm -hmm. and so the real battlefield may be like okay am I maintaining this peace Mm -hmm. because even if I um, turn my back on God and I sin um, or there's failures or I have weaknesses um, do I have confidence that God is still there and that Mm. he can even take what I have done the bad that I have done and turn it into good. Mm-hmm. And so really all of it is about relinquishing control yeah. to God. Like, do I trust that he is doing this? And when I think of the battlefield, um, am I thinking about it in terms of losing my peace? Yeah. Oh, man. The thing that just came to mind was um, like the little flower and how little she wanted to be and I I can't remember who said this but like wanting to be so small I mean Satan hates humility right but being so small and so humble that Satan can't even see you you're not even on his radar because you're just so you make yourself so small and to to be in a I don't know like this disposition of like well I am nothing like I'm I'm nothing without God so it's I mean, it's, it's God's problem (laughs) and God's going to give me what I need to fight the right battle. But if I, but if I approach every single battle with like, oh, well I have to, I got to take this on or I've got to do this, that, and the other, then it is very easy to get caught up in the wrong Mm -hmm. battle. Yeah. And then, um, I'm going to read a little bit because I think his words are far more eloquent than my own, but in, um, on page five, he is talking about really, um, why peace is important And he says, um, in order to understand this, we can use an image. Um, So consider the surface of a lake above which the sun is shining. If the surface of the lake is peaceful and tranquil, the sun will be reflected in the lake. And the more peaceful the lake, the more perfectly will it be reflected. 
If, on the contrary, the surface of the lake is agitated, then the image of the sun cannot be reflected in it. So likewise, it is a little bit like this with regard to our soul and our relationship with God. The more our soul is peaceful and tranquil, the more God is reflected in it. The more his image expresses itself in us, the more his grace acts through us. And on the other hand, if our soul is agitated and troubled, the grace of God is able to act only with much greater difficulty. Mm. So even when we talk about like the battlefield or maintaining this sense of peace, why is it so important? Because the more that we possess this peace that Christ wants to give us, the more um, his love is and his image is reflected in our lives. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, to definitely do what we can with the grace of God mm-hmm. to hold on to this peace. I and mean, really, we don't have to hold on to it because God's not going to take it away, right? And that's mm-hmm. the thing. And I keep going, even I've become more aware of my language mm. and how I talk about these things like, oh, I have to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm saying I have to I do have something. Yeah. And that's such a, I don't, like I said, there's a depth that has been added to my understanding of peace. And I'm just like, okay, mm. I need to sit with this. And because it's hard. Yeah. Uh, to sort of navigate that because I've been grasping for control for so long yeah, yeah. in so many areas of my life. Yeah, and it's like the human experience, right? <laughs> and I think getting really practical and thinking about, okay, so we, we've been talking about peace, like I need to be at peace. And I think for some of us, it, we may really struggle with, okay, well, how do I, I mean, that's just how I function is I, I worry about things and then I take it to prayer or, <laughs> or whatnot. <laughs> But to really think about like, okay, well, it's not so much of just like, okay, well, I just need to be at peace and and let go. I mean, to a certain degree, yes, but at a very practical level, you know, how am I, how am I opening myself to the gift that God is constantly trying to give me, Mm -hmm. right? Or, Or the gift that God offers freely. And what does that look like? So do I spend time in adoration? I mean, I just, it seems like that would be like the super soaker <laughs> place to re- just receive, right, from the Lord. But but really, like, how often do I um, spend time in Eucharistic adoration? When was the last time that I actually did a full holy hour and not just like 20 minutes or 10 minutes, but like really set aside time and really put myself in a posture of like, I'm not gonna sit there and just write and, and speaking to myself, not going to sit there and just journal the whole time and tell God like everything I'm worried about, but really putting myself in a posture of receptivity. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that's a, that's a very feminine thing. Um, and, a, and a gift like, and we can talk about feminine genius on another <laughs> podcast, but I think as women, we, we really do have, I think a unique gift to put ourselves in a posture of just really receiving from mm-hmm. the Lord in a very powerful way, whether we're single, mothers, wives, whatever, um, that just being in this posture of receiving from the Lord this Advent, like what is it that God is has been whispering on my heart or um, just trying to put there, and am I actually open to it? Because I think for me, it's it that word control is like the word of the year almost, <laughs> right? Um, and learning how to step back from that, but like control and humility and like finding the balance um, with that. And being able to be receptive is a very 
active thing. Like you really yep. do have to, um, there's a strength that, that I think that's required there, but, um, but yeah, I guess just to really think practically, okay, how am I posturing myself to be receptive to the gift of peace that God wants to give me this advent and what do I need to change? What do I need to mm-hmm. pu- put out? Um, is social media becoming, uh, a distraction or the thing that's causing me anxiety or watching the news or worrying about X, Y, Z. Um, but yeah, just really thinking about that posture of peace. Yeah. And I think too, something that I sort of like a disclaimer here too is, I mean, this book is really about just maintaining peace. Mm -hmm. And so, but he does say that, um, when we're talking about letting the grace of God act freely in our lives, peace is a huge part, but it's not all of it. Mm. Like he does mm-hmm. say that in order to tackle that question in its entirety would require a whole Christian treatise on the Christian life. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about a life of prayer, um, meditating on scripture, receiving the sacraments, mm-hmm. um, uh, working on the, the purification of our own hearts, um, being docile to the Holy Spirit, um, all of these things. So, um, and I think that this is also something that is distinctly different from maybe other forms of like Eastern sort of religious ideas of like, oh, if I do, if I do these things, I will get peace, right? Mm -hmm. That, um, that we still, like God gave us the gifts of the sacraments. God is always inviting us to prayer. Like God always acts first. And are we going to accept that invitation? And one of the things he says in here is that one cannot enjoy a profound and durable peace if he is far from God. That if is his, like starred and undermined yeah, yeah. in my book. Um, if, well, I'll use her since most of you are ladies that are listening. <laughs> um, if her inmost will is not entirely oriented toward God, then we cannot have this peace. We cannot find it. And I know that we will dive deeper into... Um, this whole idea of peace, what what are those things in my life where I find um, this peace shaky or I get agitated or I tend to lose my peace, not that God withdraws it from me, uh, that it's important to understand that um, as Christian ladies, like we do have a responsibility, like f- the sacraments, partaking of those. So if you have been gone from the sacraments, whatever you need to do to get back into the sacramental life of the church, let that be your goal starting now. Um, do you pray daily? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I make <laughs> I make a million excuses to not set aside a holy hour, even though my spiritual director has been like, when did you learn? E- every week. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I have to, and I can just go through a laundry list yeah. of excuses as to yeah. why I'm not making that happen. And so you're speaking to my heart and I'm like, <laughs> man, as a woman in ministry, who's trying to help lead other women, I don't want to answer that on air, <laughs> you know, but this idea that we have to have um, a relationship with God. Yeah. And so yeah. maybe taking an honest inventory of, okay, mm-hmm. what does my relationship with God look like? Like, am I leaning into and using those gifts that he's already given, those those graces in the sacraments, um, reading his word in sacred scripture? Yeah. So I guess that would be one of my um, sort of biggest encouragements yeah. um, for this part one is because if we, if we are far from God, it doesn't matter. Like all of these other things, um, even if you try to do them, um, it's... It's almost for naught because yeah. uh, it's not coming from the right place. Exactly. If you're not oriented and looking to, I think in here they said like 
gazing mm. on the heart of God. Mm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't really know. We kind of went all over the place with that no, one. No, that's good. That's good. And we do invite, because we're still in early, uh, early Advent, um, and if you're interested in uh, downloading the uh, reflection book that goes along with this Abide in Peace um, Advent program for women, um, you can go to stphilipinstitute.org. The front of the website has uh, the, the logo. You can register and you'll get access to the suggested reading schedule, the, um, the workbook that has reflection questions. Um, if you are part of a women's group or a mom's group, this could be a really good way to just form community and mm-hmm. just share your reflection questions or just things to take to prayer um, with you as well. I think our next, uh, one of our next episodes will be with a special guest, Sister mm-hmm. Josephine Garrett. Very excited about that. Um, and she will also be um, our guest speaker on the live session on December 11th, which mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's still after this episode. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keeping everything straight. Um, but yeah, and we'd also love to hear from our audience too. Mm-hmm. We, we love getting those emails. But if you want to email us at podcast at stphilipinstitute.org um, and maybe even just share some of the things that um, are coming to mind or the fruit of this, um, of this Advent study, yeah. uh, we'd love to hear and we hope that you'll join us we have women from australia the philippines um all over the world which is really cool not only texas but <laughs> all over the world <laughs> which has been really cool to see um and we hope that this is uh yeah that this has just been a really good uh, accompaniment in your advent journey yeah. yeah i i know that it has um kicked my soul into gear But yeah, so as we prepare for our live session on December 11th, and I think the next um, Life Beyond the Chariot episode comes out like on December 18th, Mm -hmm. I think, or something like that, close close to that. Uh, If there are certain things that you would like us to address um, from the book, please email us because we could do this all day. We could... I probably could have gone much longer in this conversation. So we want to make sure that um, if there are certain questions that you have or points that you want us to address, just let us know by emailing at podcast at stphilipinstitute.org. Very good. Um, This has been fun, Deanna. I am looking forward to the next few chats that we get to have um, as we we dive into um, the Christ that peace can offer. It'll be great. Well, I'll close this out with just this uh, this quote from St. Francis de Sales. Yeah, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do not look forward in fear to the changes in life. Rather, look to them with full hope that as they arise, God, whose very own you are, will lead you safely through all things. And when you cannot stand it, God will carry you in his arms. Do not fear what may happen tomorrow. The same understanding Father who cares for you today will take care of you then and every day. He will either shield you from suffering or will give you unfailing strength to bear it. Be at peace and put aside all anxious thoughts and imaginations. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.